Hi guys, welcome back to Leo Sun Socialist Rising, episode two. Welcome back. <laughs> I, really awesome. thought, I really thought you would bounce off of that a little faster. Yeah, I was really trying to think of what to say and nothing came to mind. That's okay. It I was like, you fully captured it. <laughs> you got all the vibes. Yeah. Um, if okay. you are back, thank you for coming back. I think we ended up getting like close to 20 listens on the last episode, which for the very first episode of a podcast that we just kind of came up with one day, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, today we are kind of trying so just something different. We want to try different things and see what works best. Um, today's going to be a little bit more on the conversation side, um, a little bit more personal experience. Um, do you want to tell them what we're going to be talking about? Yep. We're going to be talking about work, about yeah. labor, my absolute favorite topic. <laughs> um, like specifically just time, like since we've both both worked in management talking about our experiences working in management and like how to balance that with um maybe like shifting beliefs about the world about politics what have you yeah being a socialist in a capitalist world yeah a little socialist girl in a capitalist world um it is the hardest part I think um is working to live uh do we want to talk about our like work history at all I know we're not saying companies but like I don't like just for like me, sorry <laughs> I went from being a nanny. talk about no give your no 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 go rewind even further than that talk about Petland. Oh, I mean what? talk about your first job and you like you're very down well yeah because I'm gonna talk about like my ass like work learn to be a little worker be it and this was the most like lazy job of life no, we're fair. cutting this part out but like people would just like fuck around people just fucked around and I had it in my head to just I'm like I'm gonna work really hard and like would get frustrated when it wasn't like recognized mm -hmm. and then like I like went I don't know if you, how much of this you remember but like I got put on a fucking final and it was because I almost quit because I missed a few days and called out but I was interviewing for another job and I became a housekeeper at a hotel for like 10 seconds. And then I walked out after like a week. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. Cause I only put on a, on a resume, I only put the theme park yeah, as, as that I worked at and like that I was a cashier or whatever, but that's where I learned. And they told you, and they didn't even really enforce it. But like one person told me like, you can never just be idle. Like you always need to be doing something, wiping down counters, cleaning something. And so I would like organize, I would separate like the salt and the pepper into two separate containers and organize like, and I know my coworkers just pulled out their phones yep. and they would eat French fries and shit. And I like did not do that. The most like scandalous thing I did is like when the chef would make me like give me, he would make me chicken tender quesadillas upstairs at the break room and he was my homie and he would give them to me for free and so I got food without paying but like other than that like everything I did was by the book and I like literally had this mentality that this I was I had the grind set <laughs> no but that's that's fair though I guess that's a good point because I also when I started yeah like I started young I was very work 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 I went up the ladder I took pride in it. Um, yeah. And I can detail mine, but I feel like you already started yours. So I kind of think maybe you should go first then. 
Okay, that's fine. I will. <laughs> so um, we just, we'll figure out how to blur out then what I said, if we're going to keep, like that I said the name of it. Or yeah. I, I actually- I mean, don't I don't care. know how much you care about that one, so. I guess I truly don't. But so like basically after that, when I did leave working at that theme park, wow. When I did leave working at that theme park, I started working at a coffee place, mm-hmm. a coffee franchise. And I started off working as a barista and I still had that, like, I work so hard and I go above and beyond and I'm the best at my job and my manager's so proud of me and I've impressed my manager and she knows I'm her best barista. Uh, And then it still took me two and a half years to get promoted because I also was like too shy to even like ask. So I like stood in frustration. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like in her benefit to string me along a little bit too oh yeah because oh sorry yeah and what you were saying like the place um from my own experience and also like you just go into those places coffee shops they are fast-paced and they make it seem like it is life or death and if you are not working at your hardest everything is going to fall apart in the world and so much pressure yeah yeah and so but like I really um, got like a sense of self-worth out of it for sure. Like I definitely like took pride in it and like really wanted the recognition for like how hard I was working. And so anyways, then I did. And, and like, I really got a sense of validation of like having other people get frustrated with me. So when people would say like, yeah, girl, you're the best, best barista that we have. You totally deserve to be a shift lead. You would be such a good shift lead. Like I was super into it. I was like, yeah, I totally would. And then I freaking became one. And like, it doesn't help that my major was sociology because then I'm like learning shit and putting two and two together. I'm like, Karl Marx. Tell me, you're the say the that again with the, with the numbers floating around her head. The meme, yeah, yeah no, that's the perfect meme to describe it because it was like it's like doing a puzzle. I was like, hmm, you know, there's a lot happening here, and I wasn't seeing it before, but I'm like mm-hmm. not getting compensated for my labor. I'm being exploited, and then so I started to. I'm like, oh my god, corporations suck. I work at a corporation, and I feel so much. I like take so much pride in it, and I try so hard to like get recognition in that system that is just like a not good very exploitative system Mm -hmm. um and then so I like started to feel disillusioned as a shift supervisor but then I go up and I become an an assistant store manager and I was only at that point going after it for financial reasons I already started to have like a little bit of guilt of like ooh, management is disgusting you have to make some shitty choices and like you have to do some things that I just don't agree with. Also, I think you should talk if you want to, but I think what something about your story that I tell people all the time, because I'm always, I tell your story all the time. Um, (laughs) I'll literally be like the fact that you were hired as a shift lead, tried so long to be promoted to, yeah, you've been it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is true. I, yeah, I worked as a shift lead and I was probably a shift lead for like four years working my ass off working like every time they asked me if I would go to a new store that needed help I went and I always got like a little bit further and further from home my commute got a little bit longer a little bit longer and I was like cool with it or whatever and was trying and trying and trying I basically got to a point with this one district manager who was gonna promote me and then my store manager quit and that district manager got transferred to a different district and we got a new one and like 
my store manager knew the new district manager that was coming in and tried to make an introduction. And then COVID started and I cried because I was scared. (laughs) And I felt like I made a bad impression because I cried and I was like, I don't want to be working in a customer facing. Like, I feel like I feel so bad for all the other baristas. Well, because the thing, like I worked with so many people who had health conditions and who lived like with their grandparents and like new people who also like had friends and stuff who were also going through something similar at like their stores and stuff or even just like my roommate at the time was very like conscious of it and her girlfriend was like actually like very like cared a lot about that as well and was like very nervous about it so it was just like a lot of like I'm like dude I feel bad for everyone and so I cried when talking to the district manager about it and I feel like she judged me as like misinterpreted that as like weak or something and then so I was like kind of embarrassed which is a whole other thing that's not something to be embarrassed about nobody knew anything about it and I feel like it's perfectly normal to cry it's a good reasonable thing to be scared about especially at the time when we knew very little about it early COVID Uh, was very very scary yeah um but so yeah then I uh I actually quit and I started working somewhere else with my degree but it wasn't a very competitive wage I left for a 50 cent weight uh raise and then within a couple of months I was in that new job like my former roommate uh became a supervisor and told me how much she was making and it was more than I had been making when I was a supervisor and more than I was now making at this new job and the new job was in behavioral health that's when I worked with eating disorders Mm -hmm. um so then I was like okay well at that point I kind of knew that I wanted to get more education so I was like I'm probably going to want to go after a master's degree so I can go back to super flexible Whoops. and I could probably <laughs> cats out of the bags were made oh oh, oh. <laughs> go back to this I'll try <laughs> we can figure it out it doesn't it probably doesn't matter unless I get sued oh, I my know. thought was my thought was I would go back to that coffee place and I could like reapply as an assistant store manager and they contacted me within like a week or two weeks they interviewed me shortly after that and then after one interview they offered it to me and they asked me like for like what salary I should get and I you know hadn't thought about it and I felt put on the spot and I said 45,000 thousand and then that's what they offered me and I or I think I said 45 to 50 Mm -hmm. and then of course you know they offered me the low end of that but I should have set a way higher range but anyways that's what I did and then uh once I entered that like there were two other assistant store managers in that same district that I was in and both of them had worked at that company for less time than me And they um, both had like, they also had a bachelor's degree. So they didn't have like higher education than I did. It was the same level of education. And then they had less tenure at that company. Um, And they were making, one of them was making like 5,000 more per year. And another one was making like 8,000 more per year. Which is And so then significant. Yes, definitely significant when it's ultimately coming out to an hourly wage and the hourly wage was averaging about $22 an hour for me and like closer to like 28 for them or something like that. It was a big enough discrepancy like that I was like salty about it. And so I went to my district manager and he like played 
really dumb and was like oh my god I didn't realize you were getting paid that much and like or like that little and he's like yeah that is I I I knew that one of the assistant store managers is on the lower end and like he very well like he often he was the one that hired me and he would often say that it was a great decision to hire me and that he really like values me and all this kind of stuff and it was just words right not followed by any kind of action um and he act also acted all surprised when I brought up that I was the low because I straight up said I'm like I'm the lowest paid ASM and like you're telling me that I'm the best ASM that you have so like why am I not getting paid like it and he was like I'll see what I can do did nothing and then I was like hey did you ever see what you could do and then he was like oh I'll get on that and still proceeded to do nothing and then at this point like several months had gone by and like I didn't have any sort of result coming from that and so then I was just like stewing in frustration feeling very resentful being like I was very bitter um and I got to a point where I just wanted to quit and then there was other stuff going on in the background that was like the primary thing but then it was also like a very far commute I was working in a different county than I live in um and I was driving like 45 minutes to an hour and a half depending on traffic which is very frustrating And then I also didn't like the store that I was at. The manager I was working under was like racist, sexist, homophobic. She had anti-fat bias and I witnessed all of it and I have examples for all of it. And it's like, I don't know what vibes I'm giving off that make you comfortable enough to say those things in front of me. But I would like tell her like, knock that shit off like you can't say that or I would just straight up say like what you just said was racist and she's like well I'm allowed to be because I'm Mexican or if she was saying something that was homophobic she's like well I'm allowed to be I'm a lesbian and it's like that's not quite how it works like if you're lesbian you can't say the f slur right yeah yeah. it's there's a difference (laughs) between like joking about lesbian and I don't know yeah there's a difference and it was uncomfortable. Like I witnessed it. Like she would say that like in, fr- in front of like my gay co-worker, my gay male coworker, like who, you know, has a different opinion about that word. And it's like, I don't know if she recognized there was also a power dynamic and she talked to the employees so horribly. And like, they all like thought that like, she's just, a, she's just mean. That's her character. Like, mm-hmm. so like, they had like this jokey, funny relationship where they did actually like her, but they didn't realize like when she calls you a fucking idiot and says, what the fuck happened this morning with my peak times? Like, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like she was serious, but they thought it was like a funny ha ha. Yeah. Well, she tried to come off. Like she tried, I think was trying to be charming. Like I'm that manager who's always on your ass. Um, but you love me anyway, because I'm also funny sometimes. But most of the time, she was just like a real plain jerk. Gotcha. But she didn't realize that she was a jerk. And like, she would also like, I don't know, just randomly trauma dump at times. And like, she was very nice. Like, I remember she bought me in and out once. She randomly got me like a hand sanitizer and was like, girl, I went to Bath and Body Works last week and I thought of you and I got oh. you one. And like, was very nice to me. But like, I still was witnessing her every day saying like slurs and saying things that are like discriminatory. And I'm like, girl, you can't say that stuff in management. There's laws against it. That's a really interesting, like, just to kind of talk about one of the things that we had in here, because it reminded me, and I think that's a good natural segue. So I had just, we just kind of jotted quick notes for this. So I would, your whole thing about how she's really, really nice to you, but then would be kind of mean to the rest of the team or treat other people differently. I was just playing like wordplay. This is not like a real thing, but when you're generally talking about the people you work with, you call like your 
level people, your coworkers, but you don't like, I've never been like, I've never called my manager like, Oh yeah, they're my coworker. Right. Because they're above you on the hierarchy. Um, which it's so crazy because like, that's a, a verbal way that we talk about it, but that's also literally like how we, they will act. I've noticed that too. Like now that I'm in management, I do get a lot of like really weird extra perks. Right. And like, sure. That's great for me, but then it doesn't trickle down as much or like the level of kindness, the level of like honesty behind like those conversations is so different. And I, that's shitty. I don't like that, you know? Yeah, it changes your whole relationship with the other people at that same work establishment, if you will. Totally. Which is probably the point, I'm sure. Um, just to like in keep that dominance. And it's just like, I, to me, it always feels like other management doesn't think about the people under them as a cohort, like as a part of their team so much as like as not they're not part of the team that they are part of they are running that whole team kind of thing yeah that's so true they don't view it yeah that they're a part of the team they see themselves as leading the team and that's like how leadership is conceptualized and that always makes me think about just like like zooming out a little bit taking a look at things a little bit more like through a wider lens like like thinking about labor or work philosophically, like what the purpose is, like you would think our relationship to each other would be like, you know, labor arises out of like, you need stuff, I need stuff. It's not, it doesn't make sense for both of us to produce all of the things we need. You could like have a specialization, I could have a specialization and we could supply each other with Mm -hmm. things that like has been very extrapolated and we've gotten very far from that. And there's all of these power dynamics, but like at the end of the day, if you break it down to like, but what is like work? What is a job? What is the purpose of doing that? Yeah. Cause most of us work to live at this point. Mm-hmm. We're all working to live. And it's like, I, for me as a manager, like, and I'm an assistant manager right now, I'll detail it later as we get there. But like, I, I don't make a lot, right? Like I'm making about yeah, you're underpaid roughly, right? So it's crazy to me, like these people that I really do see them as my team, like all of my team, I would also refer to as coworkers. I think I, I like them all. Like I really want to create like a balanced relationship with them where I can leave. Yeah, but you're being or- deliberate. Oh, absolutely. I have like very intense, like I'm in there and I'm like, how can I be their part of their team, not their leader, not their overlord? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a tricky relationship to maintain for sure. And if I'm getting paid a little, they're getting paid less than me. And it's like, I don't, I hate the way that feels too. I'm like, me too. I don't like it. Me too. <laughs> like, I don't, do I want to get paid more? Absolutely. But I also feel like I want them to be comfortable and it sucks because they go through so much and they come to you and they're like, this happened and I can't pay my vet bills or like I got in a car accident or like I'm getting evicted. And it's just like, I literally can't do anything to help you. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Or like I got a ticket. I'm late because I got pulled over. I've actually had that happen before. And like, he had gotten a ticket and he felt so bad and was like being so apologetic to me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, holy shit, dude. Like 
no, that fucking sucks. And he's like, well, it was my fault. Like I was speeding to get here. And I'm like, yeah, but like we create like the work environment and the way that we conceptualize work and the way that we value work as a society, all of that is like socializing you to believe that you would meet, you would rather put your life at risk and speed to get to work than to arrive at work late because Absolutely. managers are assholes. Absolutely. I don't, and they're like, why the fuck are you coming into my shift late? And like that kind of a thing. And that never feels good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Literally today I had, I worked this morning and I, um, I'm not going to say like names or anything, but one of my team members like got in a car accident. She got rear-ended on the way to work and she wasn't even, she wasn't late. She called to say she was going to be late. And she was like, they're exactly on time. And she was like hurting. And I was like, girl, leave. Yeah. Do you remember when I got into a car accident? I was 0% at fault, but I got into a car accident. My Ford Fiesta was totaled. And it was like, I fucking went straight to work. I was a shift supervisor what at else would you do? said coffee shop. Yeah. And like, I remember I fucking told my manager and he was just like, are you okay? And me, like the little worker bee that I was, I was like, yeah, I'm waiting at the bus stop. I'm going to come in still. And I did fucking go in. And like, yeah. that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And at that, that time, like, expected. at that time, I wasn't even paying rent where I like lived. My living situation, I like, that's not even what my bills were going towards. I think I was only paying for like my car, my car insurance, that kind of stuff. So like, yeah. Even that like um, sense of urgency was like, it was manufactured. I didn't, I had a little bit of relative security, not great security by any means. Mm-hmm. And it was like an uncomfortable si- living situation that I wanted to get out of. But like, I shouldn't have been that, like, I wasn't going to not be able to make my rent if I missed a shit. Like I should have not right. gone in, gone in, but I felt bad. I'm like, they need me. I'm a closer. Yeah. Well, it's even sad though, if you are going to miss your rent, right? Like I have to go to work because I'm going to miss my rent. Like, oh, so you got in a car accident. Now you have to work so you can pay your rent. Like, are we not seeing this pattern? Yeah. And you have like a gnarly bruise that is becoming more and more visible and apparent as you go through your shift. Yeah. 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 That's the, uh, that's the, that's the tricky part of it all. And so. then you got people who, uh, hi, welcome to insert coffee shop here. And then they're like, how are you doing today? And then the customer is like, oh, I'm fine. How are you? And then the person who is taking orders is like living the dream. Oh, that's, that's what, what I they said always say. That's what I and say like, every time. Yeah. Yeah. But you're saying it sarcastically. And I know that you must be saying it sarcastically, but I've worked with people that meant it. Oh, I've yeah. worked with people. I had a manager who meant it. Dream and he got bigger. A TikTok blew up. I can't believe I I feel like I've told you about this or sent you the TikTok, but if I haven't, I'll have to send it to you. But like a TikTok blew up of this manager taking an order and he absolutely 100% ate that shit up. And it was like a guy coming through the drive-thru and ordering and was like, dude, I love your energy. And then my manager was like, oh, thanks, brah. It was awful. It was horrible. It was, it's disgusting. Oh, it's a whole God. situation, but I know for a fact that manager, like, and he was a nice guy. When I graduated college, he was like, or when I, yeah, when I got my degree, he literally, he got me a $20 Nintendo gift card because he knew oh. I had just gotten the Switch. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was, he was a very sweet guy, but like he very much was uh, in, indoctrinated into that like grind set. Yeah. Like, I hate oh. that. Like that word is so cringe, but like, that's what it is. You very much like you have to subscribe to it, but we're like taught yeah. in school. And like, there's just so much social socialization that goes into like 
so that we feel that way about the labor that we produce. Absolutely. And I just, I have to play not even devil's advocate for my sake, but um, my boyfriend, whenever I have any sort of conversation with him like this, he'll always be like, well, what's the problem if they're happy? Right. So like to say that here, like what's, well, who cares? He's happy. Like he likes his job. That's great. That's so good for him. He likes his job, but I don't think that it's ever that clear. Like it's never that simple. No, because there's the element. No, like, yes, that's good for him. And I'm happy for him in some ways. Mm -hmm. And it depends on how much you value, I guess, like being aware of the exploitation, right? Because I can recognize that him as a store manager and his like contentness with that and that he truly feels that he's living the dream that comes from somewhere. And he's been like primed to feel content with that and view that as the dream because it matches up with his uh, belief and conceptualization of what success means in this society. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it makes it kind of sad for me when I think about it because his vision of success and whether, and whether or not he's meeting that success and then therefore like his self-esteem is all predicated on the fact that, that has value and that he's worked really hard to get there and the reality is like he's being exploited for his labor just like hourly workers are he's just getting some more money and at the end of the day when you do the math it's it's really not a whole lot and then once you're in management you have to then take on the role of exploiting because how your store performs depends on how much of a bonus you get Mm-hmm. And so it's in your best interest to make sure that like, for example, at that place that we're talking about the coffee place, uh, make sure that your sales per year are really high, but that profit's not going to trickle down to the baristas. Yeah. It's mostly going to get taken from you as well, but then you're going to get like a $5,000 bonus and feel like the shit. Yep. A little but like, that. that's not even enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, and it's interesting just like how, uh, they also get like people that like their jobs to me, they just, I I don't know. They haven't, I don't, this, I don't want to be like, they're, they just don't know. Like they, they're, they're uh, not to say stupid, but it feels like you have to adapt sometimes, but like, it is, it's interesting. Like we've grown up in a society that really, really encourages hardworking and like working hard our expected normal hours of work is 40 hours a week and if you don't work 40 hours a week you're probably just some loser flipping burgers right so it's like how where do we define like success and why is success only found in life yeah work yeah yeah and this is this is related to what we were just talking about not recording like the whole concept of a work-life balance yeah. implies that work is not life. Yep. And in a lot of ways, it certainly kills your spirit in a lot of ways. Oh my it doesn't God. feel like your life. Um, it's very hard, especially in a corporate environment or like a, even like a retail environment. It's really hard to express yourself. Like I've really struggled with like one weird way, unexpected way that it's trickled down is like, I feel like I've had a hard time discovering like a sense of style because I'm so used to like, oh, I just need to be wearing all black and I can't be that attached to what I'm wearing because if it's cute and it gets covered in milk or syrup or rips or gets bleach mm-hmm. on it, I'm going to be really sad. So I'm going to have like all of the, these plain clothes. And then like, now I kind of have a job where I could be business casual and I'm like, oh my God, I only have like all this like black 
logo-less <laughs> clothes. Yeah. And that's just one way that it trickles down into like, it steals your identity from you. So yeah. all, well, even like business casual steals your identity. Like I've had yeah, business casual before. It's hard. It's not my style. Um, yeah. Snacks are the devil. Like it sucks. And yeah, I'm the same way. Or, but like right now I have a sense of style and I shop too much. So I have plenty of clothes. That's not my problem. But now I work five days a week and I have to wear my uniform. So I literally like miss wearing my clothes. Like I come to yeah. my clothes off and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to wear from my whole closet? And it sucks. Why can't we just be ourselves? <laughs> well, and that's what makes me excited to eventually be working in a career where I can do that and kind of wear. But even then, I feel like there's going to be the undertone because professionalism is associated with at minimum business casual there's still that pressure to dress that way and are there some business casual things that I think are cute yes definitely is that the style I would naturally gravitate towards if I didn't have those rules already like set forth as like guidelines or requirements at like my job my internship stuff like that Mm -hmm. not so much but then by the time I do get that opportunity, I'm so stripped of my individuality that I don't know what I would want to even wear. Yeah. Um, and or I'm so tired and like don't have enough time to go shopping that I end up wearing sweats and like a t-shirt because that's what I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going anywhere because the other six days of the week, I'm so busy and so exhausted that my one day off, I want to stay home. And so I don't even then get to dress cute, even though I would like, like want to wear something fun or something I enjoy or something that feels like me. It's more like I'm dressing out of convenience of what's totally. available to me. I'm like, oh, I have two days off. I have to work out these two days because I wasn't able to do it the rest of the where I don't have to, but like, I want to, I want to move my body. I... It's the only time I have to. Right. So I'm like, all right, here I go. Leggings and a t-shirt again. At leisure. Also, another great point with all of that is the way that like the way that we dress and the way that we are appeared can affect your ability to even get hired in a job Mm -hmm. or even be taken seriously in a job. Like, yep. I, that's something when I, this, my current job, um, when we first opened, I started like, as we were building our business. So I went to like this business lunch with everybody. And before we were doing this, we were literally going around to like do grassroots marketing. So I'm like going door to door, particularly to like daycare. So like nothing fancy, right? Just exchanging, like dropping off flyers. We go to this lunch. It's like a moderately nice place. It's not anything crazy nice. And I was wearing jeans and like a white it was like a white button down, but it was like linen from like Target. So it was like more casual. And I was like, like a blouse. Okay. I mean, it was literally like a white button down, like a business shirt would be, but the okay. material was different. So it was more casual. Okay. It would probably I see. be cute at like the beach. Um, okay. or, but like a hot summer day that I was just like casual, but I was doing it for work, whatever. Um, and I go to this dinner and they're all dressed really, really nice. And I was just like, oh my God, I look like an idiot. Like I'm in jeans. None of them are wearing jeans and it's crazy or like hiring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that relates to like my last, um, when I was a ASM star, uh, when I was an ASM. Yes. (laughs) Um, one of the last things that was like, in some ways, like a final straw for me as well was there was this kid who was leaving McDonald's and wanted to work at was leaving their former employer, (laughs) fast food employer and wanted to work at this coffee chain. 
and um, interviewed really great and was really nice. And we ended up wanting to move forward with them. And during the hiring process, they told us like that they use they, them pronouns and identify as non-binary. And then it was awkward because there's this attestation of um, like identifying the identifying like the gender or I think it even might use the language of like identifying the sex of the person who's applying and like they had told us they're non-binary and they use they them pronouns but the only options were male or female and so I told my manager I'm like this is stupid like we can't complete this because it's like non-applicable right and my manager was like no we have to just select female and I was like but they pretty much in no uncertain terms told us that they're not female and my manager was like well you can tell they're assigned female at birth Mm -hmm. and I'm just I was like super uncomfy with that and then as we progressed like the manager would always be using she her pronouns she her pronouns and like I would always be like they 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 like it's like and you can give like a certain amount of like okay like it's hard for people to learn and change like so giving them a little bit of grace, but then we get into like two months. And again, I'm like super disillusioned. I'm going back and forth between, do I want to quit? Do I want to stay for like several months at this point? Yeah. And I, I, I was the one who like made this hiring decision. And I thought that this kid would be like really great. And they had told me about like some harassment they experienced at McDonald's. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this is like, if you worked at McDonald's, you can work here. Like it's, you have transferable skills for sure. And like, let's get you away from the harassment. Like nobody wants to work in an environment. And they told me that McDonald's management didn't do anything about the harassment. And then lo and behold, like I get, I'm like, you know, very inclusive, very open-minded. Like, I know. Well, like that has been my experience. No, you've said it again. Oh, oh, (laughs) sorry, sorry. I don't know how to block all of these out. You're never going to get hired again. (laughs) Figure it out. But this place, I also worked there. (laughs) This place had been very, like, in my experience up until that point, very inclusive. So I thought, like, it would be a great place for, like, this person to come work. And they seem super stoked about it. And then they start, and their manager, like, fancy, like, continually misgenders them. And, like, they're very timid and they didn't really speak up about it. And so I don't know to what degree it bothered them, but, like, just for me in the back of my mind, knowing that they made it a point to tell us that they use they, them pronouns and that they don't identify as male or female, like taking that extra time to say something to two people that are going to be your bosses, it must mean a lot to you. And it must take a lot of courage to like take that time to say something to two people you just met. And then for one of those two people to just fucking like goes out the window it's like just very disrespectful and unkind, I think. And like, it felt deliberate or intentional at a certain point. And like her excuse would be like, ah, you know, this, they, them stuff. It's just so hard. And like, ah, then just don't talk about this person. Just use their name every single time. Right. They had a name. Um, And so I just felt very guilty. And like, even when I quit, I felt guilty because I'm like, damn, now I'm not even there to like protect them, (laughs) which they don't need protection, but like, you know, like, it just sucks. I, I can totally see that as, like, viewing it as a lack of support or whatever. It definitely is, like, it didn't feel good. Like, and I should have known, like, the red flag was the paperwork that you needed to, like, explicitly identify. I'm like, ooh, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I don't want to do that for every employee that works. Like, I wouldn't 
No. Well, and, and you said this already because you were talking about said company and how they perceived to be like a really woke company. Um, when ultimately I think that's exactly what they are. They're like quote unquote woke. Um, yeah, like fake woke. Exactly. Um, and like they, I'm not saying that they're not the better of some other options. And I think they're milking that the fact that they're slightly better than other options. Yeah, and it's like a negligible but difference. I it's like such a small. Right. I personally sat through like their um, diversity training um, at that place as well. Um, I attended. We forced diversity training, which is great. I think that's awesome for all businesses. But then for them to just flat out not even provide the option of a secondary question, because we can ask that sex is the... Um, sex is male female but yeah like the biological male yeah. female gender they, right. spectrum exactly so the like the fact that they could simply add another question and they're a big business they could do it real painlessly they could add that second question to clarify for those people and they're just not yeah or just add like a third like have like yeah. the boxes for male and female and then add other yeah it's, it's not it's not the best option but it's a little bit more realistic because there's also even just there's variation in sex as well there's more than yeah. male and female there's intersex and intersex doesn't yeah. look one kind of a way it looks a lot of different ways yeah. and so even just with that how would somebody how would you and how the hell would you know yeah right and why does it matter well Ultimately, so why does it matter the only reason I would see where maybe it would potentially matter and I don't know what paperwork you are filling out and it, this is maybe even a bigger comedy on just the world as a whole, but a lot of like insurance companies, like things like that, they do not, they don't, they need to know like your born sex for certain health things. But I think at that point, they need to know so much more detail than just your born sex period to like yeah. have an accurate portrayal of your health. And yeah, it, why are they even looking at it? Because we're all just we're all a number to ensure and why at a why at a retail job right. yes well know, I mean is also they gave benefits they gave health care yeah but it wasn't it wasn't it was for it was a hiring document it didn't have anything mm. to do with health insurance as far as I was aware mm. and I wish I remembered the name of the document but that wasn't the only sketchy thing they had me do I left that company right when they started um, having a lot of different places um, that were fighting for unionization. Everyone knows and, what this company is. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying really hard and not doing a great job. <laughs> um, but uh, there was like a real big push for unionization. And then what was happening on the back end was like, as an assistant manager, we would get these weekly updates that we were either supposed to post or sometimes it would have direction to like facilitate a discussion with your employees about this benefit package and the benefits and and tell them that you can answer any questions that they may have and then it was just like super awkward like not very they didn't do a good job of hiding that they were essentially union busting the idea was I'm going to talk to you about the benefits package mm -hmm. and I said the name again that's why you're laughing yep Dang <laughs> sorry <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna uh, cut them all out <laughs> I don't know either uh I don't <laughs> anyways the benefits package um you like we're supposed to talk it up you're essentially like in no uncertain terms saying like this is a really good benefits package we have here and you um a union wouldn't be able to do that for you and I think the reality of the situation is a union 
probably in most cases actually would um, represent, at least in that type of a work environment, represent them um, a lot better. And I also like they're not supposed to union bust like you can't do that so it's also just like looks bad and I think I told you about this but I know someone who the former CEO of that company went and did like a Q&A in like a city near where I live and it's where my former roommate moved and so one of her co-workers went and this uh co-worker um I don't remember how they identify, but the they asked a question and the CEO uh, misgendered them multiple times in the interaction and stopped them once they asked their question and said, wait, how long have you worked here? And the barista's answer was like two years or whatever. And then that former CEO was like, why would I listen to a barista? Or like, why would I listen to somebody who's only worked for this company for two years? What? Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. Brutal. So yeah and so it's just I don't know all of that like leaves a really bad taste in your mouth yeah it does I've worked two years is a long time to work for a business and chances are they've been working that business at your ground level they're your core the core of your business making all of your money yeah they're your frontline workers yeah yeah dude um do you have anything else you want to add as far as kind of your general history I feel like that's a pretty good background. I mean, now I work in behavioral health again, doing something similar, but with a different population, Um, no longer with eating disorders. And like, I mean, it's the same stuff where like at the end of the day, it truly feels like you are a worker and like you're there for the like company's overall benefit and stuff like that. So it's not, it's like, an experience for sure um I definitely don't get paid enough considering I have a degree and just like competitively um this is like I can almost make more money going back to Starbucks very soon yeah. I mean going yeah <laughs> very soon I <laughs> very soon they are like they pass I don't know some sort of policy or initiative going around right now to pay fast food workers more in California and if that goes through the resolution or whatever is to raise it to $22 an hour so like and if baristas are making 22 you know supervisors are making 24 or 25 and that's a lot more than I currently make (laughs) yeah yeah dude that's what I I mean I make 22 right and yeah and I'm in a different state don't get me wrong I understand that like there's small differences here and there but it's also like for sure I love, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I'm really, I know a lot of people like to complain about how nobody's working right now. It was a little bit worse, uh, like a couple months ago. I think it's kind of calmed down a little bit, but like the hiring shortage, everyone was so mad and it was like, oh no, this sucks. And dude, I loved it every day. I'd go places and I'd be like, oh my God, nobody works here. This is awesome. Like, this is crazy. It sucks. I have to wait an hour for my food, but like hell yeah to those people for not working here. Like, why would you work here for $13 an hour? I wouldn't, you shouldn't like go anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But the downside to that is that lower level jobs are raising up, which is great. I love, love, love that. But the problem is that some of the jobs above them, like the divide is closing. It needs to adjust. I'm not saying that like, there's, there's always that argument where it's like, well, if we pay our fast food workers $15, what do we pay our paramedics? That's how much they make. And I'm like, 
they're a paramedic. Let's pay them more. Like, what are you talking about? How is the answer here not to give them a $10 raise too? Like, yeah, well, it's just like, and then the piece that's missing from the conversation is, you know, the cost of living and how does what you're paying these people match up to what the cost of living is because ultimately if it's not a livable wage I'm gonna say that it's not enough and yes you can say like well they're a fast food worker and like my response to that is like does a fast food worker not deserve like to be able to make enough money to meet their basic needs I think that they do I think another really oh I'm so sorry no like that no and then so to your point about the paramedic it's just like they also deserve enough to like meet their basic needs I think, you know, universal basic income. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. Um, The other thing that is interesting about that too, is like, Charlie, no, not right now. Um, Sorry, my dog. Um, I lost it. It's gone. Charlie interrupted me. I cannot think of it anymore, but. Oh, Charlie. Um, She stepped on my headset earlier and I'm really sorry if you heard it, if it was like all of a sudden, Uh, but she just came right over and like yanked it almost off my head. in the butt but uh yeah so to kind of round just a couple questions then for you um wait you have to give do you you have to give like your background okay I'm gonna make it a little quicker than yours yeah because we went off on a couple tangents but I started working when I was like 17 um I started working at a pet store I worked there for four years I moved up the chain. I went from being like a little lowly cashier to the like floor manager of my department kind of thing. Um, I ended up stepping down and becoming just a salesperson and I was making pretty good money. I got fired from that job for talking outside of my department. Um, I've had literally in my four years of working there, never been written up never even really gotten any formal trouble for anything big. Um, wasn't like late, like, I don't know. There's always those people that are like, I don't understand why I got fired. And I'm like, okay, well, I do kind of understand why you got fired, but I genuinely (laughs) don't think I'm one of those people. It felt really unfair to me at the time. I also had that, like, I have to be at work. I cannot be late. I can't like miss work sick. Like I do, I've called in sick, sick to work for like a full day. Like probably on one hand, like at least five, like Same. five packs. Yeah. Not Same and they, that's supposed to be a point of pride. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're sentence. socialized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of an unfair firing in my opinion. Um, but that's okay because I probably would have stayed there for a long time and I probably would have gotten stuck. So in some ways I am grateful for that. Um, but then I got a job at, um, a local, not a local coffee shop, but I, uh, <laughs> the chain of the local to chain. My area. Right. <laughs> um, I wonder if you could guess which one, um, yeah, I worked there. I worked there for also about four years. Um, in total, I started as a barista. I also moved up to a shift lead. I also really wanted to become an AM there just because in my head, I was like, just keep moving up, just keep moving up, Um, which is another really interesting little piece of advice for literally everyone listening to this that for me in the last couple of years has really resonated. Um, The best way to make more money is to job, job skip, like to go to another job, to keep, get a job, expert it, move up, keep moving to different jobs. Staying in one business, you will not continue to make more money. Um, 
which is really sad, but whatever. Um, Stayed there for a long time, wanted to become an assistant manager there. Um, I had several managers come in and out. I never really got to like work with one. By the time we had a steady manager, she had just became a manager herself. Um, I don't think she was really in the place to like move people up on her own. And then they brought someone from a different store to move up to train as our AM kind of thing. So whatever. Um, I got an office job, which literally sucked the soul out of me. I could not sit at a desk and make calls all day. It was horrible. Um, but I worked both for a little bit even. So I was doing 40 hours there. And then I was working my weekends at that coffee shop. Um, after a couple months of doing that, I quit the coffee shop because that was a lot. Um, just worked the office for a while. I managed to convince the office to take me down to part-time, which I thought was pretty impressive. I was like, I'm quitting. And they were like, but why? And I was like, cause this is a lot. And they were like, what if we kept you on? What if you stayed like part-time? And they actually did it for me, which was really cool. I do appreciate that. Um, because the reality is like, not a lot of jobs will let you stay if you're not working full-time. They have no reason to let you stay. Um, so that was good. Um, I did that for a while, but eventually I just, I, I find for me when I get bored, that's when I get real down, <laughs> like stay busy. Um, not even just with work, just in general. And it like really carried over for me. So for my mental health, I left because I wanted to find something a little more fun and engaging. Um, <laughs> I got a job um, as a waitress, I worked there for three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then I left because they were yelling at each other. And I was like, uh, no, I do not. I don't want to be yelled at by my coworkers. That is not okay. Um, so I quit that. And then I ended up working um, as an RBT. so like a registered behavior therapist or therapist technician. They're both called that, but I didn't have a degree. Um, basically just helping children with special needs living their day-to-day life. I did that for a couple months. I was only making 14 an hour and this was not, this was in the last five years, right? So like, it wasn't that long ago, 14 an hour for a job like that, I feel like is not appropriate. Yeah. So I left, I became a nanny um, and I nannied for my family for two and a half years. And around that time, is when I did really start to get into a lot more of the socialist ideals. I've always, I always tell people I've always been a little socialist at heart. Um, (laughs) But I definitely like in those last like two and a half years, I really was able to kind of dive into it. I got really lucky. The mom that I nannied for, we ended up getting along very, very well. Um, So we got along well. She was great. She, I never felt like, I felt like part of the family, even though I was being paid. So it's like, it is a weird relationship in that regard. But like, as far as a nanny job could go, like definitely blessed to be with the family that I was with. Um, The downsides being that like, I was paid totally legally. (laughs) Don't, don't at me IRS. Um, (laughs) um, Totally legal. But it, I, uh, they didn't offer health insurance or things like that. So um, for me, I was like, okay, what can I do? I probably need to, oh, well, then I also started working at another retailer, um, a big retailer that that coffee shop is often inside. <laughs> um, and I was working at that retailer 
in that coffee shop inside it. Um, did that for a couple months, was working both jobs. And I was like, well, at this point, I'm already working 40 to 45 hours a week. I might as well just try to find like a big girl job, whatever. So I started kind of casually browsing, browsing around. And then I found my current job as an assistant manager, um, basically working at like a quote school for kids. I don't want to go into too much detail about it. Um, recreation. Yeah. A recreation with children kind of thing. Um, and we were just opening up. So I was kind of there for the building of it and everything, which was really interesting because I got to hear a lot of really crazy things, but I also got to do all of their hiring, which was really actually cool. I'm, it's been really, there are so many per- perks to management, right? And I do hope we have time to kind of talk about the good sides of it and how you can do it right. Um, but like hiring my whole team and then training them all and then like seeing our store open and like, we are performing really, really well. Like my team is great. So it's like, it, that's been really nice, but then there are also like downsides that I can't really go into too much detail about because I still work there. (laughs) That's the end of mine. Boom. Time. Beautiful. I was not looking at the time, but I feel like that was, it was a good overview. We at least know what your experience has been. Yeah. So if anyone's hiring, uh, (laughs) that was my resume. (laughs) Perfect. Submitting that sound clip forever instead of just <laughs> a piece of paper. Brilliant. Have you heard episode two, uh, Socialist Rising Pod? Check it out. Um, cool. So do you want to go into our questions then? Just kind of touching on some of them? Yes. Okay. Uh, so this question's too vague. Um, so this one's easy. Cause I just feel like it's fun. What is your like ideal work week? Not considering money. You don't have to think about money at all. You haven't, your rich grandfather just passed away and he left you a hundred thousand dollars. What's your ideal work week? I knew my last name meant oil money. <laughs> um, relative out there. A great joke. Um, Well, probably, I don't know, it would actually be interesting to see what I did just because like I work in mental health and would continue to work in mental health. Mm -hmm. But given that I'm in school right now, and if money was no object, I probably would be working a lot less if not like not at all, because I'm doing school full time, I have an internship that I do 16 hours a week. And then I'm like trying to fit work around that. And it's really difficult. And I'm barely making enough to like, great bye um so like in that sense like I would be working a lot less but then like thinking about like once I graduate and I have my degree and I want to work in that realm like it's still going to be mental health and I like suspect that I probably would like to work a lot because I think I would like to like offer my services in a like to make money but then also in a pro bono way too and I don't know how I would balance that but like if money weren't an object, I feel like I would probably, you know, like to do it a lot more. But then there's also things that make even working in mental health, like paperwork and clinical documentation and having to work with um, insurance companies and stuff. There are all these factors that still make it very tedious, time consuming and like draining. Um, So even the services that you're able to offer are like uh, warped, for lack of a better word, by that like lens, like through the institution. Right. Um, Cause it's not just yeah. an hour long session. It's 
an hour long session and five hours of paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so just like in that sense, I feel like still like less and in a lot of ways, like less is more, right? Because if your uh, therapist isn't exhausted, <laughs> they probably can like do a lot more for you and with you in terms of like, you know, whatever capacity you're working with them or like whatever you're working on with them. Um, they can just be a lot more available to you. And if you're like very available to one or two people at a time and you're able to like make a tangible, meaningful difference, whatever, um, then like I, I would say that that's a good thing. But uh, overall, like definitely <laughs> less than 40. Yeah. 40 is like a lot. And the, yeah. the rationale behind 40 is like there's 24 hours a, a day. A third of it can go to that. A third of it can go to sleeping and a third of it can go to like recreation. But that's not the reality for a lot of people because you're usually working eight and a half hours because you need a 30 minute lunch or nine hours because you take an hour lunch. And that's not factoring in your commute because your commute can be, I told you, I just worked somewhere recently where it could be anywhere between 45 to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And it's like, what does that do both ways? what does that extend it to? And it's not, it's either cutting into your sleep or your recreation. And for me, that depends on the week. And so yeah, all of the, like maybe 40 would be good if it were truly 40. Um, and even then I would argue like, you know, there's been like studies and um, they've done like trials in Europe and stuff with like a 32 hour work week. And They've also found that like, especially in an office setting, like the actual amount, like the content of the work that gets done, the bulk of it gets done in like a short amount of hours. So it begs the question, like what is actually being done? And like, just like, so like looking at the measurement of like worker productivity. Yeah. And like, actually, oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, I'm fine. I should go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't tell if you wanted to finish your thought first. Um, that kind of makes me think about like your work versus productivity, like how much work you're actually doing in a 40 hour work week. That's yeah. been a really big thing for me lately too, because I really do try to be proficient. Like I'm, I'm a quick worker. I get stuff done, but then I have to be at work for 40 hours and it's like people learn to give you more work yeah so then it work. takes so like if you're fast it backfires because then they yeah. just give you more shit to do it does or they don't give you anything to do but you still have to stay there until three o'clock and you're sitting there and it's just like okay I'm here and I'm wasting my time this sucks yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um your ideal work week your whole thing was a lot nicer than mine I've my like in my head I think if I worked nine to one, like Monday through Friday, I would be happy. That feels like, like a that. really solid, like I can have like kind of a slow morning moment, get ready, um, pack a lunch, go to work, like do my job, whatever said job is. And then like, get my home. dog's not in his crate that long. Right. Oh my God. My dog. I'm like, I don't, whenever I think about my work week from my dog's perspective, I'm like, there's something wrong with a 40 hour work week, people. I didn't even tell you last night was Harry's first night not sleeping in his crate. I let him sleep oh. in the bed. Oh, that's nice. And he did so good. And I'm so proud. I'm glad he didn't pee on your bed like my stupid dog is looking at me <laughs> right now. Like what? I would never. Bitch, <laughs> you have. Multiple times, but she gets to sleep in there sometimes. But that's sweet. But yeah, from their perspective, it right? makes me so sad, especially because I work 
12 hours and like, okay, yes, I'm not alone. Someone else can let him out of the crate because I live with my partner. But like, that is still like, not, it's not ideal. Like they're still like sometimes in there like six to eight hours. And it's not like, I I want that to not be the case. I desperately want that to not be the case. Yeah, dude. I have a border collie Australian shepherd. She's supposed to get like two miles of like walking a day or like running. Um, And that's like on the average side, right? Like she wants to do other things. She's also like, I don't know. I just think about they're at home and they're bored and they're not doing anything. And you're not even home to like entertain them, like to just be around them. Even like cats, you can't even like leaving them home alone is such like, I don't know. But when you think about it through your dog's perspective, 40 hours is way too many. You're home for like three little hours. You feed them dinner and then we all go to bed. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, nine to one final answer. (laughs) I agree with that. I would do that. It would of course depend on the job. It would. I also, there was like a nanny job that I just saw recently that is like 48 hours on five Mm -hmm. hours off but it's literally like you sleep there you live there for two full days and I was like I actually that could be cool that could work out (laughs) because then like I'm sleeping most of that time anyway something that I would already be doing so the time isn't really fully given to the job I don't know yeah interesting that's an interesting setup yeah I thought so um let me see. I was reading through some of our extra things. Um, who was like your, what's kind of getting into the positive side of management. Maybe we kind of go there. And then if you have anything to add, you can add it and then we'll kind of start to wrap up. But um, who, what is like your, what's your favorite thing about in particular? Cause we are, we kind of talked about work in general, but like in focus, like management or at least helping others through your work. Right. Um, what for you is like, your best part about like what's the good side of it what have you seen done well that kind of stuff um my answer is going to be underwhelming because the reality is like not much I have like more things that like I'm very critical of than like good things and even a lot of the good things still have like that if you look at the context like it's still pretty fucked up like even the people who work really hard and who I like admire in that sense were being underpaid and it makes me feel bad that they're being exploited and I can't forget that like I know that and that's not something that's ever going to get out of my brain so it's always gonna make me like upset um but just in terms of like uh actually being like a shift lead at times like a downside is like sometimes I felt mean and I don't think it was very good for like my relationships in a lot of ways, especially when I was very deep in that, like work hard, like your reputation matters and like showing up and being reliable and dependable and all that. Like when I was very deeply entrenched in like that philosophy, I didn't treat others so great. And then as I like started to learn things and started to understand like how labor is you know driven by profit and like management is exploiting you and all that good stuff especially when it comes into corporations like within the corporation structure um and like hourly wage earners like once I started to understand that a little bit more and I already was a supervisor I feel like I became a lot more like chill and approachable because like I kind of had the mentality of like I don't give a fuck like 
if you're late, you're late. Like I used to get like, he used to bother me so much. And I would make these like passive aggressive side comments about like, if people could like show up on time or like if they ever did anything. And then like, as I started to understand more about just like the nature of work, I was just kind of like, that's kind of an uptight asshole thing to say. Cause like, there's a, there's a lot to consider when like talking about that sort of a thing. And so like through that lens, I'm just kind of like, uh, it kind of became a little bit like, there was a little bit more that was in within my control. So like I was able to be more likable because I would do things to make people's jobs easier. And I like started to like care about like, okay, like what position do you like working in? Like, cause some people really like to be in the same position. Cause it's like what they're comfortable with. Some people like get bored. And so they want to be moved around. And so like even doing something as simple as like asking like, okay, what position do you want to be in? What did you do yesterday? What do you want to do today? And trying to like get to know people. And like, yeah. if somebody tells you like f- making people feel comfortable enough to tell you things that are going on, Hey, like I did the floors yesterday and it really hurt my back. Like, I don't think I can do them again today. Please do not ask me because I don't have an easy time saying no. Um, being able to take those types of things into consideration. Like I think people felt seen and valued and, I liked being able to like make that difference because then people would like say things like that. I'm their favorite supervisor and stuff, but their rationale for like why that was the case was really just basic human decency. Yeah. Well, it's like I, a great mentality I think to have with it is like people first employees, second, not employees first people, second, like you really got it. Like they're living their whole life. Like if you can't treat them, as your equal really as a person like how can you expect them to like you or to respond to you even and it's it's tricky and there's a lot of ways to get past that I mean I've seen so many like just so many different types of management and it's always really interesting how everybody kind of acts a different way but I just think I took myself too seriously and I feel like I was kind of that way like when I was younger just in general with a lot of different things and who knows why but I was just very like I feel like a rule follower and I kind of did subscribe a little bit to certain mentalities like working hard and earning you know like nobody deserves anything you earn things and it's like that cringe word again like the grind set like I really subscribed to that and I really believed it so it like made it different yeah um and I just don't anymore and I think that has made me a lot more chill and a lot more like someone who's better to be fit in management I guess just in terms of like I truly see people as like people um and I get it like all of the things that suck about work sometimes like even if somebody's powerless to change it just knowing that your manager knows Mm -hmm. like that they understand that it's messed up like it's pretty validating for me like when I've told like uh, my manager at my current job they're not there anymore but like a manager that I did have at this job like uh they're doing like an interview to evaluate stress and burnout and I told they're like whatever I rated myself they're like what can we do to change it and I was like nothing that's capitalism and they were like dude that's so true like that is capitalism I mean, capitalism fucking sucks and I'm like you're a real one like I appreciate that like yeah. it's just good to know like even though you're still I'm still you know I'm underpaid I know I'm underpaid like you know yeah. the things that suck about this situation yeah. um well and it's like validating 
from our perspectives too. And I even think like managers probably, do, especially in that sort of a chain, they don't have nearly as much power over raises and no. money as like we often think too, as like a, a wee little barista. I definitely thought my manager could controlled all the power of the pay and it's like yeah there's so much more to it like people that do not even know you control your pay there's like expectations throughout the full company that sucks yeah but I think doing as much as you can to make them comfortable within those means I think helps a lot so I agree yeah yeah and Um, like there's so few things that you can do like the little things that you can be like mindful of makes such a huge difference absolutely because there's still so much that's outside of your control absolutely yeah but I do want to know what like positive experiences you've had either in management or like with managers too yeah dude um so I mean I clearly also have a lot of bad experiences I've had good managers too like I said I'm not gonna say like they all suck but Um, One of my favorite managers, and I think that it just ties in really well with the kind of the rest of we've talked about. Um, She was at the coffee shop. Um, She was only my manager for maybe like a month before she tweaked her back and then had to leave, which sucks because I think I probably would have become an ASM real quick under her. Um, But she like her thing she was like a good, she was not necessarily like just jokey and funny all the time, but like, she seemed to be like a good manager. She cared about clearly how the store was operating, but she was pretty kind to her employees too. Um, but the big thing with her is she was super focused. So the company that we work for has like a massive benefits program. Um, as with, sorry, it's massive for what it is. Let me, let me clarify. Um, that's how they get away with it. Um, But what she did that I thought was really cool is she like knew those benefits, like the back of her hand and she would use all of those benefits and she would encourage and help her employees use every single benefit that they could. So like, for example, a weird one that like not a lot of people even know how to use was like bereavement pay. Um, as a barista at this place, you got like three days of bereavement pay if you lost a loved one. So someone would come to her, they'd be like, oh, I've had this like coworker die. And she would immediately be like, okay, what's the time? Like, this is what you have. Let's use this. You also have this time. If you wanted to use this time, we can look at this fund. Like she just knew it all so well that she was really able to help use it. And I think that was even like something that you can do within the means of capitalism, right? Is like, yeah not necessarily exploit exploiting it back but like maximizing that what you do have at least yeah and but it's probably yeah. important to recognize that she likely was doing a lot of like emotional and additional labor with like outside the realm of what she was compensated for oh yeah so like why would any point, other management why would any other manager always yeah, do that to yeah that point yeah. it's a lot of extra work like and that's great that she was passionate about it and able to do that for so many people and it probably made all the difference mm-hmm. and like that very same company probably screwed her over when she fucked up her back uh possibly I don't know I don't think so I mean I don't know clearly all of the details but I know that she ended up when she came back she went higher up so <laughs> I'm not Good sure 100 percent but yeah I mean everybody's different don't get me wrong but yeah I really liked that about her that was a great thing like I said earlier I really love um like for me like personally one of the things I like about management is like I really have loved like 
guiding my team. Like I said, I hired them all. I trained them all. It was really cool. I've gotten to know them all, like not just as workers, but as people too. And it's just, it's interesting. Are they all like, are, <laughs> is it a hundred percent? I'm friends with all of them and I want to see them for the rest of my life. Like, no, but I, I easy enough to get that. along with exactly. in a work setting. Exactly. And they're not, we're all different. Like we're not people that would normally get along. So um, that's kind of it for my positives though. Do you have anything else that you like want to add? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I just saw this note and I can't believe I almost forgot it, but my boyfriend told me this story, um, from his work actually. And I thought it was really, really interesting. And I was like, oh my God, I have to tell it on the pod. So Um, I'm going to tell you. So my boyfriend, um, he works in construction, so he's unionized, which is a whole nother thing. You kind of touched on unions earlier and are unions better? Yes. Are unions perfect? No, that's my opinion on them. Um, but he's unionized. So, but he's an apprentice. So he's like still training under the journeyman right now for the type of construction that he's in. Um, but he went and I'm going to out the company because fuck companies. Um, it was Dairy Queen. He was working on Dairy Queen and the like district manager was there to kind of like see them. And he comes over and he starts complaining about something. And the, the team with like my boyfriend, they're really mean, like the energy and construction is so toxic. It's a whole thing. Um, but like the district manager came to my boyfriend's like head construction crewmate. I don't, I, it's a journeyman. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, and he was like, he started complaining about something and he was like, Oh, like, is this okay? Like, should I complain to this about you? And the guy was like, yeah, I don't care. And he was like, well, what about him? And like gestured to my boyfriend. And, um, he was like, yeah, nope. Like he's fine. And it was like, okay, well he, we should let him make that choice himself, but whatever. Um, so he starts talking, the district manager's complaining and he's like, I can't believe like I have to pay these people almost 15 like or like $14 to get them to even walk in the door for an interview that's ridiculous all they're doing is flipping burgers and he's going on and on and he's complaining about it and then um and Jay was Jay my boyfriend whatever um (laughs) you all know him now it's outed um he was like already getting frustrated with the conversation but he was like whatever it's normal. They're all like that. It's like, they're stupid, whatever, like get past it. Um, and then his, like his shop owner ended up coming to Dairy Queen to check it out. So then his shop owner is like a really big car guy. And he starts talking to the Dairy Queen district manager and they're going on and on. And it turns out that this district manager who was just complaining about paying his team $14 an hour has seven Corvettes no less than seven Corvettes seven Corvettes and I like are you kidding me like why do one Corvette dude even like is expensive (laughs) yeah Corvette costs hold on what's the hour for the guy at Starbucks who had a Corvette but he didn't pay for school and he lived at home so I think it was like his only bill and he still worked like 32 or 40 hours and I think there's probably a lot of different types of them yeah I assume these were probably older Corvettes so it looks like 60 to like 80,000 um which is a lot but not like still though I mean that's double my car and that car to have seven of those monthly right 
Yeah, and I suppose I predict he is. He has the money. He's not financing seven Corvettes. Right. Like, or if he is financing he probably, seven Corvettes, he can still make a four hundred to six hundred dollar payment every month for all seven of them. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a lot of money for sure, for sure. And that is why. That's that's like the the who cares? I don't know. Say it better than I am, but like. <laughs> who decides what jobs are important people like why are the people working fast food being shit on oh this is what I thought of earlier that I wanted to say yeah we always love to say like well these are entry-level jobs these are for people that are in school to do like um part-time and all that but they're Someone's not open do them. three to nine either they're open yeah. during the day too so how are we supposed to have like students and uneducated people working those jobs and it's like yeah no like you're just not you're not valuing the work that they do and sure it's easier yeah. work but that doesn't mean that their value is not their own like comfortable lifestyle the value comes from like ultimately do you want there to be this many fast food places that are open at any given time and like I think the answer for a lot of people is yes it's very convenient yeah would would I still make a choice to go pick up food from a fast food chain if it was a 30 minute drive instead of a five or 10 minute drive yeah like they want the convenience they benefit from the convenience and the reality is like a chain having more franchises open open the hours that you would want to go and in your neighborhood requires people outside of the realm of like just part-time and students yep and People who are students and work part time still yeah, deserve both. to make a livable wage. Yeah. Not everyone like lives cozily at home while they're a student and like doesn't have bills and responsibilities. There yeah. are people, there's a girl in my program who like I'm more than one actually, but this girl that I actually like talk to and am friends with who like has a child, she has a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so, and she's not working while well in this program. And like, I think she has like the benefit of living with her parents but like okay what about people who don't or can't and have a child and want to pursue a higher education but need to work for rent or whatever bills they have like yeah it's it's crazy and if you zoom out even further and you look at it in like a full society spectrum kind of like you were talking about with like how close is a fast food restaurant to you like why do we value fast food restaurants period why do we have so many of them and it's because we're already working ourselves dry 40 hours a week of course yeah, we, we want, want something easy to eat yeah we don't have the time to cook Convenient. exactly and it's yeah. just like I'm very hungry because I had one 30 minute break to eat yeah. and I was on my feet for eight hours yeah so, so yes I will take a fry like french fries and um yeah give me a sweet know. little treat too to bring up my dopamine because it's been tanking all day <laughs> yeah 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 dude that's the that was a lot that was a long episode how long have we been recording? I think we're pushing at least an hour and a half, potentially pushing two hours. So we should probably wrap it up. But I feel like I could say more. <laughs> I know. Well, we can always do like a, a part two. Yeah. Continued. I'm sure I'll like Continued go through the rest of my day and think of things like, oh, I should have talked about this. Same. I Same. should have said this. Yeah. Well, if you guys liked it, let us know. We definitely went more casual this time versus more scripted. So please let us know if you preferred one or the other anymore, or if you'd like to kind of hear a mix most of the time. Um, but any parting words? Um, 
that's okay. <laughs> you don't have mm. to have any. That's okay. Yeah, um, I don't have any off the top of my head. That's okay. You Take guys care can... of yourself. Engage yeah. in some self care. Yeah, engage in some self capitalism. Your job. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but awesome, guys. You can follow the pod um, on Instagram at Socialist Rising Pod. Um, yep. Because yep, I always forget. And <laughs> definitely, if you have any uh, like episode ideas or anything like that, um, you can let us know through there too. Um, but otherwise, thanks for listening this month. Oh, 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 oh. Do you want to tell me your Halloween thing? Oh, it has Wait. to be. We have to, like, oh. should we pause it and record it? Well, I can't separate I separate and like, then put it with this. No, like oh. as a separate one, like just record it right now. And you don't do want it at the end of this episode. I would do it separate. Okay. Okay. As a spooky well, Halloween surprise. This was a little um, teaser then just to get you guys as amped up about it. Cause she won't tell me the idea either. <laughs> She's literally made me wait like two weeks. Um, but oh, okay, we then. also might not post it. So that's really, why you're just going to have to cut it before this part anyway, so that it's not mentioned because we might not post it because I don't know how it's going to be to film this sort of a thing. But either way, it will be fun to do on Zoom. Okay, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. But if we do keep this, bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to episode two. And we will be back maybe sooner, but probably next month on the 15th. Yes. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>